My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It is another very chilly winter morning here in the capital today, but joining us on today's show to hopefully add some warmth and brightness to affairs this morning is Andrew Lane, Managing Director at Union Industries. Um, Andrew, very warm welcome to yourself and by all means, thank you for joining us on the show today. Good morning, Scott. You are very welcome. Real pleasure having you with us, Andrew. Um, Now, just to contextualise for the listeners that may not be familiar with yourself and your business, um, Union Industries is the market-leading manufacturer of high-quality rapid-roll, high-speed industrial doors. I know that much, but I think the business branches out far more beyond that, doesn't it, if I'm right in saying? Yeah, it does. We we see ourselves very much as solutions providers. We we don't just offer a... a, uh, restrictive product range we look at the projects that nobody else really wants to do and we are very good at engineering solutions to uh to customers uh problems that um they can't solve any other way we also do uh, uh industrial curtains where we create bespoke systems for uh, partitioning areas um for heat retention dust uh, abatement all other such uh, such things yeah, and I'm right in saying, aren't you, you've been with the business eight years this year and you're backed by a lot of experience from previous roles working in various industries. You've worked in sort of specialist vehicles, heat exchangers, metal production, the playground industry. So I can imagine that those experiences have probably really helped you in sort of stepping into your current role and sort of exercising that to full effect. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been in British manufacturing for most of my working life and I have a real passion for stuff that's made in this country because we can make so much and we can do it so well. And it's a travesty that that um, low-cost manufacturing has sort of left our shores. But what it's left behind is the real high-quality, customer-focused and high-technology products that really we do really well. Uh, so in many ways, the, the jobs that I've had leading up to this, which I really consider the pinnacle. I am not going anywhere other than Union Industries. It's tradition, it's people, it's heritage, and it's absolutely um, it's absolute determination to be the very best business that it can has captured me, and I'll, I'll stay here till I retire. Absolutely amazing. And obviously looking back at the, uh, the last couple of years, just to touch on current affairs as well, manufacturing is a key arena so the COVID-19 pandemic didn't dictate that manufacturing had to stop but of course there'd been a huge amount of supply chain issues within that time as well so just how has it been sort of managing through this sort of last couple of years from your perspective with everything going on with COVID? Well it's been it's been tough it's been tough though for everybody and Mm. and what you will find beneath the surface um, all the way across this country little SMEs like ourselves have been just getting on with it. We can't afford to um, to, to shut our doors and, and, and wait for the pandemic to end. We have to navigate a path through that, that ensures the safety of our people and uh, their working environments, but still generates revenue, provides the service that our customers rely on. Uh, and that in itself has been, it's been a journey, a, a journey of discovery a lot of the time, because uh, the pandemic's not like a recession. It affected mm. people's lives, their home lives, the way that they operate, 
their, in their family environment. They couldn't see people. They couldn't go places. So it's not just been the business impact, but it's been the human um, aspect of it. And we as a, as a business, that particularly we, because we're employee-owned, we have to, um, to look at our people and provide them the stability and safety they look towards. So, yeah, it's been a tough time, but there's been other tough times. We just buckle down and we get on with it. Yeah, and I suppose it takes something of a change in sort of leadership style and approach, doesn't it, when you're having to manage the morale side of things? Because I think we have become so much more aware of our own mortality, our own mental health as well, especially. So, like, we have to sort of change our approach, don't we, to kind of make sure that, you know, we're there for somebody who needs us to be there for them. But as well as that, I suppose when you're sucked into kind of crisis management mode, if we call it that, You've also got to remember to take that step back for yourself as well at the top of it all because CEO burnout, director burnout is also a very, very real thing. And I think that's also something we've become very aware of in this last couple of years. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it helps, though, that we are employee-owned. So long mm. before the pandemic, our focus has always been on the welfare of our employees and, and their mental health and morale in particular, because we, we're an unusual business. Some would even call us quirky. But we have a, 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 a culture of success and succeeding in times of adversity. So as a for instance, uh, two years before the pandemic, we lost our entire production facility to a factory fire. So we had to come, we had to come back from that, navigate our way through it, and literally within two or three months have been able to put our feet on the desk and say, you know, job well done. The pandemic hit us. So it was another carry on. Um, in, in terms of director burnout, and I think one of the great things about employer ownership is that the, it, the sense of ownership is shared and therefore so is the burden of ownership. So I don't feel an isolated CEO. I'm part of a bigger machine and that machine is uh, completely focused on resolving whatever issue lies before it. And that's important. That helps me and it helps others. What I would say is that, that during the pandemic, that it, it was difficult, and we touched on this, because, because it affected people and it affected the people differently depending on their circumstances. There wasn't a single solution. So you're looking for a hybrid that, that tries to look after the majority of people from the majority of perspectives and not everybody believed that that was right. So we, we had tough times through the pandemic like everybody else and crises of conscience, if you will. But we've got through that and one of our great strengths is we, we don't bear grudges internally or externally. We've drawn a line on it and now we are moving forward uh, into, into the future. Which is absolutely fantastic, thinking that you've obviously got through that so successfully. And uh, just dwelling on the sort of employee ownership model for a moment, I mean, even in sort of a more kind of ordinary business setup, you do find that even with a director or the CEO at the top who maybe owns the business or runs the show, you do find that people do bring out the best in themselves when the chips are down and when there's a crisis going on. But I suppose that spirit is sort of captured even more so within that shared ownership model because it is in everybody's interest to sort of chip in and keep things going because essentially everybody is a stakeholder within the business. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. And not everybody appreciates that. Though. So I am not, what I'm not trying to do is to sell this as a utopian solution. What this is is, is a, a, a transparent business model that's built fundamentally on fairness. So uh, we treat everybody uh, equally and with respect. And, and the things that, that make the difference are tangible things. For instance, we have a, we have a bonus scheme. But well, that bonus scheme pays out the same number of pounds to every employee. So I get as much as anybody else in the business. And that promotes a togetherness. It's much easier to sell togetherness when you are operating the business on a platform of fairness because we truly are in it together. It's not that you work harder to improve my bonus, as sometimes you might find in in businesses. Ours is built fundamentally on on the terms of equality. But it's not a um, it's not a co-op, it's not a commune. Uh, I get paid the most as managing director and there is a salary structure uh, beneath that. But all of the different bits, the little accoutrements on the outside, the bonuses, the share schemes, all that sort of thing, they are all available to everybody on equal terms. And that does draw people together uh, and it makes the running of the business so much easier because you are really preaching to the converted in the vast majority of cases. Yeah, completely understand where you're coming from, from that perspective. And with all of that in mind, I suppose that you sort of went into the pandemic with that very much kind of siege mentality spirit of unison, I guess, and you were determined to uh, to rally through it. Uh, But despite um, all of that sort of going into the crisis, is there anything that you've actually come out of this having learnt about yourself and your employees, given just how you managed to navigate something as big as this so long, of course, so short, so such a short amount of time, sorry, after the, um, the the fire that you talked about? So it's almost like being a bit of a double whammy for you. Yeah, it has. We've learnt a lot about ourselves. And, and some of the things that we took for granted um, didn't happen. So we we had to, to really start looking in, in greater detail to individual sets of circumstances. Uh, and it, in a department, for instance, you'd have people that wanted to work from home, people that absolutely didn't want to work from home, and those that were somewhere in, in between. So the policies that, that we created uh, had to be flexible enough to meet individuals' needs. And they, not always were they... Uh, that way. So we learned a lot about the blanket policies that, that we would um, ordinarily apply to, say, a recession or or something in the market that had created a, um, a business issue. These were predominantly personal issues for our employee owners, and we had to approach them differently, and we didn't at the start. And that's where I think we made our mistake. We had a, a very much a one-size-fits-all approach perhaps on reflection we should have done that differently so we're not we're not immune from making mistakes um but what we don't do uh, unlike say um the media getting hold of something and, and constantly rinsing it through the press or the radio or the news we acknowledge it as a mistake we move forward and learn from it we don't go back and dwell on it and i think that is fundamental to being able to recover from such a situation. 
I suppose in any context, it's fundamental to being successful, isn't it? I mean, I think failure is almost part and parcel of being successful. And it's about not necessarily viewing that as terminal. It's about either winning or learning, I guess, isn't it? And using that to improve yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And and we, uh, because we look at solutions, uh, a solution is usually the result of several failed attempts before you get the actual one. And obviously, we try and keep that uh, internal. We've, we're, for a small business, we've got a very healthy R&D department that, that um, work on concepts and, and try and create new thinking. Uh, and that's, in, that's important to us. But fundamentally, it is, it is about the desire uh, to move forward and the desire. So if I've got a job really here, it is, it is leadership in terms of inspiring people. So that is the, the most important thing that I can do because once people's heads start to fall, then everything suffers and we need to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, exactly right. It is about keeping everybody motivated. It's about keeping that morale high, absolutely. And like I say, it can be a very big job, but it just goes to show that it is so, so, so critical. And just thinking about how we're going to continue that now and into the uh, the future, uh, manager. just before we wrap up on the uh, the programme today. Um, we're into February now. We're getting into the uh, the swing of this uh, new year, 2022. So hopefully now emerging from this acute phase of the uh, the pandemic as we're starting to see, fingers crossed, um, what is it that your business union industries is going to be prioritising over the next uh, few months? And where do you see yourselves at the end of the year? What would you really like to have achieved? Well, I think that um, during the pandemic, we wanted to be stable and we wanted to be secure. Uh, and we amassed uh, a fairly significant uh, level of cash reserves that allowed us um, to to not take knee-jerk reactions. So we wanted to protect the jobs of the people here, irrespective of where the market went. And what it taught us is the futility of spending over much time in forecasting and budgeting and all that kind of stuff because the pandemic just shot a hole in all of that. Who mm. would have predicted that it came up, that it would come along? And what we are very good at is being fast on our feet. And we've talked about the wine in different questions leading to this point. So we're not focused on, on being overly critical of, of decisions that we've made in the past. We look at um, the situation that we're in, and then we navigate the path from that to as far forward as we can reasonably expect we don't go beyond it. And if we do, uh, and and the um, influences change, we're able to adapt and to change our approach to meet the circumstances. So as we get into this year and the pandemic begins, and we all hope that this is true, begins to fade, we will return back to our core principles, which are um, the excellence of engineering and the quality of service. We've learned something about our people along the way. We've harnessed some of the energy um, that we that we've missed previously, uh, and as the dust starts to settle, we will just return to being at the very pinnacle of our industry and pushing forward in new products and um, new services that enhance our customers' ability to do business in the market. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic aims, isn't it? And I do genuinely think that the union industries example is kind of, a, it captures that real spirit of SMEs in the uh, the UK, doesn't it? And just how they are able to just 
be fast on their feet, as you say, adapt to anything that comes their way, pivot so quickly compared to some of the big corporations. And it just goes to show how important those businesses are in really forming the backbone of the UK economy. Fantastic. And um, as obviously we start to see this uh, vision borne out over the year, uh, the next year, Andrew, I'd actually relish the opportunity to catch up and welcome you back onto the show just to see how it's all been borne out because I do wish you every success and it's been brilliant having you on the show with us today. Absolutely a pleasure to be there. And we like to tell, we like to tell our story and we like to blow a trumpet for the SMEs, because they are largely the unsung heroes. You Mm. frequently hear from big business, and uh, and mostly when you hear from them, they're trying to lobby government for something or other that will benefit them. We just have to navigate our way through whatever's there. And we are not alone in that. There are many businesses around that um, that I know uh, that are in the same situation and working equally hard just to keep themselves viable in in changing in changing environments. Exactly right. It's something that all small businesses do really have to navigate. And it is going to be interesting to see just how they continue to do that in whatever changes come our way over the year, the next 12 months and indeed beyond. Um, Andrew, thank you so much again for joining us. And uh, do, by all means, take care and stay safe with all still going on as well. Likewise, Scott. Thanks very much for your time today and uh, and good luck. It was a pleasure welcoming Andrew Lane, Managing Director at Union Industries, onto today's programme. And I do hope that everybody tuning in enjoyed the interview just as much as I did. Um, If you were tuning in today and you do feel that you have your own business or organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share with us, then we here at the Leaders' Council also want to hear from you. So why don't you also apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply because as I say, we'd love to hear your story as well. Um, Until next time, to all of our regular listeners, do take care and goodbye.